All right. So uh, last week we put the assignment for the April 2021 uh, talk COVID-19 and temples. And then I read through it and I'm like, oh, there's not a whole lot here. <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, great information about the phases and, and reopening and everything. Um, but anyway, so we'll spend a little bit of time there and then we'll kind of dive into the, the rest of that uh, conference session as well. But um, anyway, what were some of your, your thoughts and takeaways from uh, going back over that, uh, that April 2021? Uh, in group A and B, we uh, found that much of, of that conference kind of had uh, second parts playing out a year from then. So comparing April 2021 to April 2022, there was just kind of some interesting connections and, and things through um, through the different themes of the talks and stuff. But anyway, sorry, <laughs> what uh, interesting insights did, did you all get from uh, COVID-19 and temples? Uh, were there any? Uh, hey, Cameron, what page is that on in your book? Uh-huh. So let's see. It is page 157. It is chapter Thank 58. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, this one is where um, I got my double blessings of, of temples. I got my mission temple and my, my backyard temple. Um, there were 20 temples announced in April 2021, and then 17 this this last uh, conference. So I found that very interesting. April seems to <laughs> be a, a great one for the, the number of temples there. Well, I'm trying to find which verse was it. Do what we can. Um, Oh, verse eight. Uh, I found that very interesting. I remember that this was talked about heavily, you know, kind of polarizing, but um, uh, verse eight, the very last sentence there, where it says, do all you can to bring COVID numbers down in your area so that your temple opportunities can increase. So how did your individual wards and areas kind of take that and was it kind of <laughs> a little bit of a, a burr in the, the spine or or did uh, you take it and run with it kind of a thing? I just kind of like to see the, the patterns throughout the, the different areas. Um, even with my, in my own word, I, I seen some who are very much uh, kind of anti-vax and masks and stuff. And, you know, that was kind of a hurtful statement to them versus, you know, a lot that were like, okay, let's do everything that we can so that we can get our temples back open. But like, how did you guys, um, receive this talk and uh, seeing it playing out. I was one of those that was a little turned off and I didn't remember it until I started reading this and I was so triggered and I thought, oh no, what was my problem? And I prayed about it and, and I've realized that, um, you know, all these smoke screens that were going off at the time that I let them distract me from what was really going on. Am I freezing a lot? Everyone else is freezing a lot. Do I have a bad connection? No, yours is good. Yeah, we can hear okay. you just continuously. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I let my pride blind me. So I don't know how everybody else was, but I had to repent of that after studying this talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how that works, isn't it? Uh, 
<laughs> sometimes there's uh, some heavy repentance in, in my own life as I uh, go back and, and listen to, to conference talks again. Um, it was interesting in our ward, um, I, I was recently called at, at the time of this talk, I was recently called as Temple and Family History lead and um, we started up a, a early morning youth program. So every Wednesday morning, the youth would come in uh, super early, I think it was like six o'clock or something like that, and do family history work. And um, after a few weeks of that, this, uh, this talk, and then the Burley Temple is announced, and it just seemed like we could see some of the, the deep blessings from actually doing family history work and, and meriting a not saying that everybody that does family history work will get a, a temple in their backyard, but it seemed like the youth were being a huge catalyst for the blessings of the temple being opened back up in our area. Um, uh, Twin Falls was one of the very first ones to, to open back up in its baptistry when uh, they announced these the the phased reopenings and, and things and so anyway it was it was kind of interesting kind of taking um that principle do all you can to bring covid numbers down but also remember to to do temple and family history work even when we are in shutdown kind of thing uh anyway it was just kind of an interesting time uh to be alive <laughs> kind of experiencing that and and seeing um the, the prophetic nature of that talk and, and how we kind of look in, in the rearview mirror and, you know, glad we're over that, but seeing how, how it did play out in the long run there. Um, and then Becky says that she loves the end of verse seven. Uh, it was so true for her. She says, I long to go when my temple opened. So just kind of reading verse seven there, it says, we are grateful for your patience and devoted service during this challenging and changing and challenging period. I pray that your desire to worship and serve in the temple burns more brightly now than ever. Just Sometimes we have to kind of take a break from things in order to, to realize how much we miss them. Like that was, that was a huge um, kind of obstacle to deal with. Um, where we, like me and my mom and my family would go once a week and then to just not be able to go at all. That was, that was such a hard change of pace with, with COVID. But yeah, having that, the desire to, to burn more brightly now than ever. Um, anyway, any other thoughts, questions, uh, opinions on uh, that talk? And if not, we can branch off into other ones. I liked um, verse 13, where uh -huh. it says, ordinances of the temple fill our lives with power and strength available in no other way. We thank God for those blessings. So I, I like that because, you know, yeah. it's so true. The, the ordinances, the covenants that we make give us power that we wouldn't get in any other way besides just making covenants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I said at 11.45 to 12 to be there. I, I like where it says, um, you know, here we're going through COVID, everything's shut down. And of course, he said, we are building now for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that mark too. 
Yeah. Isn't that I took myself off mute. Um, I looked in verse 10 where it says we're building now for the future. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, kind of how prophetic that is, you know, from conference to conference as we look at, at especially some of the different locations and stuff. Um, I, I think that that's a, a really interesting uh, phrase and principle. And then, you know, kind of flashing forward to, to next week, uh, the, the talk on the temple and your spiritual foundation. Uh, it, it's very interesting, the kind of bookends that, that happen there. We got our email, our temples in phase four. So that's exciting. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, Which one is cool. yours? Is yours Boise or Meridian? Uh, it's the Boise. Okay. Yeah, our Twin Falls one just opened back up too and everything. It's it's so fun to, to finally be in there. We were in our uh, meeting before uh, our, our work session there or whatever, and all the temple workers were just like so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I walked with some friends on Thursdays and they both work at the temple on Thursday evenings and they were so excited because finally not wearing masks, people could see their smiles. That was a thing they did the most was not being able to you know they would smile and they would try to smile with their eyes as big as they could but <laughs> you know they and or they would try to help somebody and it was really hard for some people to hear them and just such a challenge so yeah anyway they were super excited about that oh, that's so fun has, has Boise been in masks clear up until now um, they just barely dropped it. I'm trying to remember. We're in April, maybe in February. Okay, so it's been just a, a second. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mask is such a hard thing. I've got my big clear mask. I don't know if it. I probably didn't wear it at the retreat that we had. But anyway, I like I I refuse to wear something that just blocks my whole smile. And so I have like the like shield face guard thing or whatever. And I like the mm. smile so big. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. So our temple is open back up again, but we still have to make appointments. Do you guys still have to make appointments to go? Yes. No. Yeah. I think they figured out yeah. that works a lot better. So I think that'll be a permanent change. Yeah, Bednar yeah. said that <laughs> they aren't planning on getting rid of it anytime soon. <laughs> mm. Well, once you commit, you have to commit, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, I forget which conference it was, but President Nelson said, uh, make an appointment and, and keep that uh, with exactness. Exactness, yeah. Or whatever. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they already had that kind of planned and knew that it was going to stay kind of thing. Because it's very interesting. <laughs> because like here, Malta, like we're, we're a farming community. We go to the temple when it rains, when it's bad weather, when you can't farm, right? It kind of makes it hard to like schedule things out uh, if, if you're in, in mm. agriculture. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's an interesting uh, time, but 
on the flip side, there are lots of times when I used to go to the temple and you just can't get into initiatory or you make it in the sessions already full kind of a thing. And so the appointments is, I can see it, but it's still kind of like a, a hard one to adjust to. Well, especially if you want to go spur of the moment, you know, if yeah. you, if you spur of the moment, have some free time, um, usually there's not an opening unless you schedule it out a little bit. So yeah. it's really hard for us to get in period. Yeah. Like it's, if you go down to Vegas, you can get in in a week or two. Um, Cedar, you're lucky if you can get in in the, in the next month. So yeah. it's really, really hard. It gets super hard. And then the times are just kind of dumb times that are available, like <laughs> six in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you drive an hour and a half and be there at six in the morning. Like it's just, it's just been, so we are so excited to get our temple back. Oh man, that's going to be such a gonna, fun. Yeah, and then we'll have to. When is that supposed to reopen? they're looking at the end of november and i think for both of them so it's going to be super exciting oh sweet i know so oh. which st george and what's the other one and washington um county oh. is right there so you can see both of them from dixie rock oh, wow. wow and the one in washington is kind of a it's a it's the desert color like you really can't it, it doesn't stand out much it's not it's, it's not really light. different i'm kind of struggling with the color because it just blends in it doesn't it's not white it's not even cream it's more almost pink huh. oh it's really interesting it's really different yeah i'd huh. love to see that yeah so i feel sorry for you guys i'm within 15 <laughs> minutes of three temples oh. and <laughs> so jealous yeah, yeah I, our, our our closest temple is an hour away. We have to go to oh. Vernal. So they are building one in Grand Junction, but that will be an hour and a half away. So yeah. it won't be any closer. Oh. It has They're been pretty... a struggle. I cannot wait to have a temple. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty lax here. Um, I always get Provo and Provo City temples messed up. And twice, I've gone to the wrong temple to do a an endowment or initiatory, and they just smile and let me in. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's nice. Oh. So, it really yeah. depends on who you get, probably. <laughs> and it's interesting, I not that <laughs> I'm trying to take us off topic, but it's interesting now, some of the different changes that have been happening in the temple, just kind of procedure-wise, like uh, husband and wife can, can serve as... Uh, at the recommend us together instead of only men, you know, like it's a husband and wife in most else. Um, what are some of the other ones that, anyway, there, there's just quite a few things that are opening up. Uh, like women are the ones that can um, invite witness couples now. Um, oh, I didn't know. In our temple, it, we usually have two women together at the recommend desk. Yep, really? same here in Utah. Mm -hmm. yeah ours has always been just like pure male i don't know why but now they've they've opened it up and uh kind of changed that and stuff so anyway it's just kind of interesting how some temples are just kind of finding some new footings and things 
Um, so, uh, which talk would you guys prefer to, to dive into? Uh, we've got What We Are Learning and We'll Never Forget, which was given in the priesthood session. It's uh, chapter 56. Um, that one, its footnotes are amazing. Um, and then we have chapter 57, which is Christ is Risen, Faith in Him Will Move Mountains, which has some awesome talks on it too. Uh, a and B both had <laughs> excellent discussions with them. Um, but anyway, which one would you guys like to, to dive into? Share with us your favorite footnotes, Cameron. <laughs> um, let's see. All right. So chapter 56 from the priesthood session. Um, this one is, is a really interesting one to compare April 2021 to April 2022. Um, but anyway, this one's footnotes are, are awesome. So the first footnote is in that... Uh, that I would find interesting and share. Um, verse nine, it is footnote number C. And so um, we have the, the topic here is standing in holy places and, and not being moved, right? And so if you look at the three different footnotes that are there, um, we have Doctrine and Covenants, Matthew, and then uh, two more in Doctrine and Covenants. Let me pull them up on my phone so I can quote them. But I found these very interesting in context of standing in holy places. He kind of gives like three different areas in which we do that. Sorry, my phone's being slow. Okay, so let me just like read those four different scripture blocks because they're, they're very fascinating. So like compare them across each other and uh, kind of see what, what we learn that's individual to each one. So Doctrine and Covenants 87.8 says, Wherefore stand ye in holy places and be not moved until the day of the Lord come. For behold, it cometh quickly, saith the Lord, amen. Matthew 24.15, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place and then in parentheses whoso readeth let him understand which is like i'm giving you a mystery pay attention when the abomination of desolation happens you need to stand in the holy spot and uh, uh lots of different ideas and opinions on that but um going on to doctrine and covenants 45 it says and there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge, for desolating sickness shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked, men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations. Yet men will harden their hearts against me, and they will take up the sword one against another, and they will kill one another. Then the Final one is Doctrine and Covenants 101, 21 through 22. And it says, until the day cometh when there is found no more room for them, 
and then I have other places which I will appoint unto them, and they shall be called stakes for the curtains or the strength of Zion. Behold, it is my will that all they who call upon my name and worship me according to my everlasting gospel should gather together and stand in holy places. And so, I don't know, what do, what do you guys learn from, like, what is President Nelson trying to teach us with those four specific stand in holy place scriptures? Because they're, they're, they're very different. They all teach a different principle of it. But um, here in, in, in verse nine, the, the original block of scripture here, it says, often when the Lord warns us about the perils of the last days, he counsels thus, stand in holy places. But the footnotes, he has four different examples of standing in holy places. And anyway, what, what did you guys get from that? And maybe I, I read them too fast too, but like <laughs> uh, really pondering on those was, was such a fun uh, study period for me, uh, really picking those apart and comparing them to each other. I'd love your thoughts on the abomination of desolation. <laughs> I want you kind of you kind of skimmed over that on purpose, but but I'd I'd love your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Well, like um, I find it interesting because it says when the abomination of desolation happens, stand in the holy place which the abomination of desolation happens in the holy place. And so are we supposed to stand there with it? Or like, what does that look like? You know, the, the abomination of desolation is in, in times past, because there's like two possible fulfillments, right? Uh, one with Antiochus, who sets up his image in the Holy of Holies and offers pig sacrifices and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, to, to desecrate the temple and he's the first type of the abomination of desolation but we'll we'll see that again at the end times and so the abomination of desolation is going to be in the holy place and and the lord is commanding us to stand in the holy place at that time when we see it stand there and so i don't know but i'm not brave enough to <laughs> say everything that that might entail, but like, what, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I haven't really formed my, my full opinion on it, but um, I think that there's a lot there, especially with the parentheses that, that Matthew puts there. Whoso um, readeth, let him understand. Uh, there's a talk of 2002 April conference mm -hmm. by the second council of young women's general presidency. Sure enough, her title is standing in holy places. Oh, yeah. And then it says, and I'll quote, uh, so the, the captain is standing on holy places is all about being in good company, whether you are alone or with others. And then it highlights, then he told us how to be safe in such a world, standing in holy places, DNC 87, right? Mm -hmm. And holy places where you're protected from the almost overwhelming commotion of the world boy does that ring too here we are 2022 10 years later and boy that speaks volumes right of the commotion in the world yeah angels can be our companions and support 
So I'm, I'm looking in, um, I'm in Matthew 24, that verse, Matthew 24, 15 mm-hmm. on the library app and holy, holy place is highlighted. When you click on that, it goes to Jerusalem in the topical guide. Interesting. I mean, just Jerusalem in, in general, just the city. Yes. It just says Jerusalem in the topical guide. So, you know, he says, spoken of by Daniel, stand in the holy place. And that's Jerusalem. Hmm. So I, I don't, that's really interesting. <laughs> Get your plane ticket. because That's a long trek. That's one of those you triathlons. Know, I thought we were supposed to be gathering in New Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, and it might be too. Yeah. So, yeah. So why did he put this verse in there mm-hmm. it's an interesting one because like the the context of of matthew 24 is um i believe it, isn't it the apostles asking christ like what are the signs like yes want to know mm-hmm. signs and of the so, times uh, yeah and it, it, you know they're asking about he foretells the doom of jerusalem and the destruction of the temple and the calamities parable of the fig tree but it's interesting that President Nelson put that in there and it's holy places, Jerusalem in that verse. Because mm-hmm. some of them say, uh, stand ye in holy places, plural. But this yes. one is, is very unique. And it says, when you see the Antichrist in the temple, stand in the holy place, singular, like get there. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who's like, that how, how are we getting there really yeah <laughs> who is that really directed to it's a question because christ will save the jews and that's when they will recognize him for who he is could it mean so, stand and not like run or not like be scared but stand firm like stand with conviction stand in holy places I don't know. It just says stand in the holy place and the holy place is highlighted to Jerusalem. So, and what's really also interesting about this, when you look at it, it says, whoso readeth, let him understand. It looks like there's a smiley face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> at the I'm end of the verse. <laughs> oh, what the? <laughs> That's that, I, that colon and then the parentheses. <laughs> yeah, it's super funny. I thought, saw that too. Anyway. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> My 11-year-old thinks that's funny, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit. This is an interesting verse. Yeah. Um, and then uh, kind of going back to the talk, I, I found it, the other footnote, uh, footnote F. It's on the next page. Um it is at the end of verse 10. So he's talking about that the through the ordinances, the, the power of godliness is manifest. And then he says, that power is available to you and your family in your own home as you keep the covenants you have made. And then the footnotes at, at first threw me off. I was like, what do those have to do with anything? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, they, they're, his whole talk is based around these two footnotes. So the, the first footnote, um, uh, 
the John one is when he's talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, right? And she's going, basically, I'm, <laughs> this is like the worst paraphrasing of the retelling the story, but like, she's basically telling this, this stranger man and, and condemning, like, you Jews don't give us the time of day as Samaritans. Like, you disregard us and everything, but look at where we're at. We're at holy places. We're at Jacob's well. We worship in the original mountain, and then you Jews think that you've got it made, and we have nothing. Like, we are literally outcasts to you, and you tell us that we can't worship uh, the same God that you do. And then the other footnote goes to uh, Alma 32, which is a the righteous who are poor are being kicked out of the synagogues because of their lowly status and aren't able to worship with the, the rest of the cool kids. And so, um, interesting, looking at this talk, uh, what we are learning and we'll never forget, in the middle of a pandemic, these are some messages that, that President Nelson is teaching to the, the men, but I mean, to the whole church. And he says, the power that we're all seeking for is in the ordinances. It's not in our meeting houses. Like you have access to everything. If you are keeping your covenants, get on the covenant path and stay there and you will have the power of God. You know, the, the Samaritans, they, they felt downtrodden. These uh, Nephites felt downtrodden because they couldn't worship in their synagogues either. And look at us. We now, in this time, April 2021, cannot worship in our synagogues. Whether we agree or disagree with whatever the, the current climate of the world is, but we are kicked out. We can't worship how we want. But does that mean we just rest on our laurel, laurels and like not do anything like woe is us we can't worship or do you like kick it up a notch and and uh he's kind of like <laughs> telling the brethren we've practiced this come follow me like everything's been laid out for us like let's let's do this we we can still access the power and bless people's lives if if we'll just take it by the reins and so i just really loved those footnotes because at first they were kind of like what does that have to oh, it has everything to do with this talk. And so that was kind of like a, a wake up moment for me um, through through his footnotes. But. Can we just go back to the Jerusalem stand in the holy place? Yeah. Because yeah, that's what I want to go back to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're still stuck on that one. Well, just as you started to talk, I was trying to unmute myself and I couldn't do it fast enough. But I clicked on Jerusalem, it says Bible Dictionary Jerusalem, and then when you go there, it says, see also Israel, land of Jerusalem, new, and Bible Dictionary Jerusalem. So it must also include New Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Being kind of extensions of each other. Yeah, I think so, because that's, that's, if you go to the Topical Guide of Jerusalem, which is what it links you to, then it also takes you to New Jerusalem. So anyway. when we see the abomination of desolation, are we, is that the actual call out, you know, based on Matthew 25, like get to New Jerusalem? <laughs> well, or does it mean when he's desecrating the temple? Because also in the King James Version, 
It also means to stand, it says, to be upon the feet as an animal, not to sit, kneel, or lie, to be erect, supported by the roots as a tree or a plant. Notwithstanding the violence of the wind, the tree stands yet. And to be on its foundation, not to be overthrown or demolished as an old castle yet standing. So I wonder if it means when the Antichrist, he might say, kneel to me or whatever, and it means stand firm. I don't know. I just thought that maybe that was interesting. Yeah. Because he will try, he will say he is, he is the Christ. And people will believe him. Mm -hmm. And he might, he might say that if he's that full of himself, he might say, you know, bow to me. I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm way off. I don't know. No, I think that's a, a great um, insight there of, of standing firm, like kind of being rooted against yeah. the, the winds. Well, and, and if you know it's not him, don't fall for it, you know, because the, that's the clue about is if he tries to take all the glory we know that that's not the savior the savior will always give the glory to god mm -hmm. right yeah. in, in the definition it says uh desolation or abomination which awaits the wicked so i thought that was pretty interesting and it says of course uh, a desolation or abomination in the last days yeah yeah, as I understand the timeline, we will have been, or those in harm's way will have been called out, called to holy places before all that happens so that we are safe. But we got to be listening. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of, there's interesting, like, tie-ins to, like, the Adam story and, and everything, too. Like, whenever we are told to to awake and, and arise, you know, like, stand rather than, you know, being laid down, uh, uh, et cetera. And then the, the listen part that, um, that Neil brought up there and of um, the, the parentheses that are in that Matthew thing, like whosoever heareth, let him understand. Like there's an important aspect of hearing that uh, is taking place in the whole abomination thing. And anyway, it, it's fun to, just kind of hear everybody's insights and um, what what we've got there. It'll be an interesting time. Like, I want everyone to like call me as soon as the abomination happens and let me know what you're doing, <laughs> how you're standing. <laughs> so weird because if that my phone works, I will. Oh, okay. <laughs> Check in. <laughs> Sorry, Alicia. Okay, it's so weird because it says, where it says, let him understand, whoso readeth, let him understand. You click on understand and it takes you to the weirdest scripture. Uh, it says, and also let my servant Sidney Gilbert obtain a license. Behold, here is wisdom, and whoso readeth, let him understand, that he may send goods also unto the people, even by whom he will, as clerks employed in his service. Whether it's just like that somewhat similar phrase, but I mean, the, the rest of the verse doesn't have anything to do with the other one. That's what I'm saying. It's just kind of weird that it takes huh. there. It doesn't Does that, any further insights. 
that scripture that you just read, Alethea, does that, what, read that one again, that second one? It's does it say 57, nine? It's linked to understand. Whoso readeth, let him understand. And it says, and also let my servant Sidney Gilbert obtain a license. Behold, here is wisdom. And whoso readeth, let him understand that he may send goods also unto the people, even by whom he will as clerks employed in his service. Are we supposed to help others by sharing our goods with them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just weird because it's almost like, hey, read this, understand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me, understand. let me read this other scripture and the other scripture doesn't, you know, I don't know. Um, it could be, but yeah, I don't know. There's a stand in a holy place. So does it mean, yeah, sharing of goods is what makes us holy? I'm imagining at that time, we won't have a lot of goods. Right? So maybe the fact that we share puts us in a holy place. I don't know. So th there's a podcast of Moses 1, Abraham 3 by Dr. Carrie Muelstein. Uh -huh. And Sidney Rignan is brought up in that. Um, but this isn't, who's this? Not, this isn't that Sidney Rignan. Who is this one? Sidney Gilbert. Sidney Gilbert. Okay. I won't quote this then. I'll look for Sidney Gilbert because I know they've talked about him also. I'll come back. Mm -hmm. Was Sidney yeah. Gilbert, was he in the Quorum of the Twelve? I don't know. His name doesn't really sound that familiar as far as one of the apostles. I don't know. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, you know, just kind of uh, moving into to his talk there, where uh, verse 13, there's attitudes and actions that invite the spirit, and those will increase the holiness of our home, that um, equally certain is the fact that holiness will vanish if there's nothing in your behavior or environment that, if there is anything, sorry, <laughs> that offends the Holy Spirit, for the heavens withdraw themselves. Um, then in, in 14, that present restrictions on gathering will eventually end. That, that's a pretty certain statement there. I, I liked his, his confidence as, as he's giving that very prophetic. Um, but, but what comes after is, is equally important. However, your commitment to make your home your primary sanctuary of faith should never end. You know that, that talk, yeah. what we're doing, we never stop preparing. You know, create places of refuge, prepare the minds and hearts of the people, and never stop preparing. Because once you stop preparing, then then you're letting your guard down, and and everything uh, uh, can can breach that. Uh, the footnote G there, Alma fifty four, is where um, they're building the 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 tall pickets and then the kind of towers on the pickets, so that the adversaries couldn't even 
touch them. I mean, they were just so far above because they had never stopped preparing. And so uh, very interesting kind of analogy of what we need to do in our lives. Um, it, it keeps coming back to, to some of those Nephite strategies that they employed uh, through the, uh, the promptings of, of the Holy Spirit and uh, how to, to defeat the enemy. And they had to come up with new things that they hadn't previously thought of before. I like the rest of that verse too, as faith and holiness decrease in this fallen world, your need for holy places will increase. I heard you, I urge you to continue to make your home a truly holy place and be not moved from that essential goal. And it just makes me feel like, you know, I mean, we see it happening already, but places to find peace and holiness are definitely decreasing in the world. And so, you know, making our homes a holy place, that may be one of the very few places that we can find peace and, and holiness in the near future. I mean, the world's definitely moving in that direction, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um. So in this talk, he gives like the, the three different lessons. The second one is that we need each other. And then the, the third one was uh, interesting to me, was that your priesthood quorum is meant for more than just a meeting. Um, there in, in that verse 19, it says that, um, nevertheless, the work that the Lord has given to priesthood quorums was never meant to be confined to a meeting. Meetings are only a small part of what a quorum is meant for and what it can do. And, you know, sometimes we, we kind of get on cruise control or whatever, and it's all about the meeting, right? And we lose track of um, some of the, the potential that quorums can, um, can yield. I mean, it, it, it's an important principle. I mean, it's scriptural throughout all of the different ages that we are organized into quorums for reasons. And so um, that they're never meant to be confined to a meeting, but yet be able to be the catalyst for, um, for help and, and blessing and gathering and service. Anyway, I, I found that very interesting that he's making such a point of that in, in this talk. And yet he never tells them what to do except mm -hmm. at the end of verse 20, he just says quorums are in a unique position to accelerate the gathering of Israel on both sides of the veil. He yeah. just kind of leads it, leaves it up to the quorum leaders to figure it out. Yeah. It's an interesting one because sometimes he gives you things and sometimes it's like, I'm going to let you work that one out. And then lesson four is we hear Jesus Christ better when we are still. So I found that interesting. You know, going back through all of these talks, I, I've, uh, after Triumph of Zion, I found it very interesting when the Holy Ghost is mentioned versus the Holy Spirit. And when we actually hear the voice of Christ. And, and here, lesson four is all about that principle. We hear Jesus Christ better when we are still and so him being a, a, the still small voice and and things 
I found that um, an intriguing one. And kind of talking about the principle of how we need to like match his frequency. Like if it's a still small voice, if, <laughs> I learned this with going through like Neil's class, right? Of ham radio, like we're looking at frequency and how uh, the, the amplitude of the waves, right? If, if we're constantly going up and down, we're only matching that still small every once in a while versus if we are matching the frequency, we, we can be in tune and, and have that being heard on, on a more constant basis. And anyway, it was, it was interesting just to kind of look at lots of different verses, be still and know that I am God. Like if you're not still, you can't know that he's God because you're fluctuating and, and going with every whim kind of a thing almost. Yeah, Becky. It kind of reminds me of the good, better, best talk. Mm -hmm. um, like, what are we filling our lives with? And as I've been trying to tune my frequency in to him, I am noticing that as I'm getting rid of small distractions, seemingly small distractions, like the TV playing in the background all day or the radio playing in the background all day or catching YouTube, it, it makes a big difference. And I think that the Heavenly Father and the Lord will guide us with which things we're supposed to be getting rid of. We just have to be willing to do it, which it can be the hard part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Can we go back to Sydney? Because I want to yeah. build on what she just said. So Sydney's in DNC uh, 53, sorry. Uh, an actual section was dedicated to him. And in verse two, uh, and the section is all about uh, Sydney Gilbert to forsake the world, right? And it fits in perfectly with what we've been talking about. It says the phrase forsake the world is a commandment given to those who have entered into a new into a covenant relationship with the Lord. They're to forsake the standards and habits of the apostate world. So maybe that's how this all ties back because we're all in, we're all, you know, hopefully have entered into that covenant relationship. And once we do that, we're, we are to forsake the world. Yeah. And, you know, and get in tune, as you said, with the frequency. To hear him yeah standing above all of that not not needing it not going back to it yeah I love that. interesting <laughs> i'm gonna have to go like read about sydney gilbert and, and stuff i don't know that one's just kind of a new one to me for some reason oh he was ordained to a high priest that was it just so you know mm -hmm. okay. and he helped with a store gotcha Online, it said he's mentioned in DNC seven times. Hmm. Exactly. I don't know if that's correct, but. Yeah, that's exactly right. But this section was given just to him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, Anything? 24, where he said, um, this is my list. But you can make your own list. Mm -hmm. I've li only listed four. I invite you to make your own list and consider it carefully. 
So that's interesting. Yeah. This kind of thing. This is an all. So come up with your your things too. Yeah. Why? Why? Why that invitation? <laughs> so, like, I invite you to make your own list of what you are learning and will never forget throughout the the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. Consider it carefully and then share it. Why that invitation? Because I don't know. That seems like a, a pretty introspective kind of assignment. But then we we're encouraged to share it with others. But I think it's bearing testimony. I remember uh, a testimony meeting after we went back. We were still meeting for an hour. And our bishop asked us that testimony meeting to focus on what we've learned and how it's blessed our lives. Yeah. So I think it, uh, in a time of adversity, we can bear testimony to the good things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's important that people can kind of see that, that hope and, and things, you know, like if, if anyone's feeling isolated or like, oh my gosh, just woe is me, you know, sometimes that, that testimony can really help out. And like, <laughs> how are you not freaking out? I'm over here freaking out. And uh, having kind of a steady voice of, no, I've learned through this. I, I know how to tackle uh, challenges and trials and uh, turn them in, into to progress. I think my my thoughts on that are that you know how each of us have prepared for a lesson and we teach it not until we share it with others that it, it internalizes with us hmm. and the whole topic of his talk is lessons that we are learning right and then the last part is we will never forget well we don't forget them once we start sharing them with others and testifying of them that's an excellent point. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the, the best ones uh, don't come until you've actually shared it and uh, have an opportunity to testify of it. That's a great point. Um, anything else in, in that talk that you're seeing or, or want to talk about? What about verse 23, the four um, things he asks us to do? I can't remember which other talks and which groups it's been in, but these feel like they've been repeated this last conference to me or multiple times as we've studied these talks. So they must be important, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, verse 23, discipline yourself to have time alone and with your loved ones. Open your heart to God in prayer. Take time to immerse yourself in the scriptures and worship in the temple. That's a very interesting list, right? Because like discipline yourself to have time alone. That, that's really hard for, for a lot of people. I knew that that was, that was a hard one for me at, at one point in my life. And it was like, I've just got to have noise. I, I've got to be with other people or something. Like, I'm almost afraid to be alone with myself, alone with my own thoughts kind of thing. And yet discipline yourself to do that. And also to be with your loved ones. 
you know, because sometimes, especially like look at the context of, of this talk, it's right in the middle of the pandemic, like we're stuck with our loved ones, right? But discipline yourself to, to have time alone with your loved ones. Uh, that's such a, a key principle. Um, I really like in verse 25, the future is bright for God's covenant keeping people. Um, the scripture, the footnote to that is DNC 8214. For Zion must increase in beauty and in holiness. Her borders must be enlarged. Faith must be strengthened. Yea, verily I say unto you, Zion must arise and put on her beautiful garments. Yeah. Anyways, it just kind of points us to what we can have hope in. Yeah. And look forward to. <laughs> And then he goes on and lists what four things um, that his servants, the Lord will increasingly call upon his servants who will hold the priesthood to bless, comfort, strengthen, and help prepare the world and its people for his second coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. A little further on, he says, we can do this. <laughs> yeah i love that too we can we can do it let's do it <laughs> that's pretty cool i love alone time yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I love it now i learned how to like meditate and really hone in on being able to to work through things in the alone time it, it's such a crucial skill to to develop Yeah, I think Satan likes confusion, right? Yeah, he, like, he likes noise and confusion and commotion and chaos. And Yeah, speaking I'm of, this is like the most random thing. But like today, well, it was yesterday, but um, it happened again today. I, there's always constant noise working in construction or whatever but anyway this new playlist that somebody has has one of the craziest songs on it it's it's only like instrumental for the most part it goes into some like weird stuff at the end but like as soon as it came on my whole soul felt it like it, it was so off <laughs> it was the weirdest thing i've ever felt like you know I'm, I'm around music i'm very versed in you know good music bad music all that kind of stuff but like it was so off i i don't even know the kind of music that <laughs> we're starting to develop now that it could i don't know how to even describe it. it 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 literally ripped at my soul is is all i can can say anyway it was so i've never experienced that before even with you know, dumb music, but Satan's getting better at honing his craft. That's all. That's all I can say. <laughs> and uh, that that frequency kind of thing that we talked about, the the commotion that he loves to 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 throw us in for. But Cameron, it also possible that it could have had subliminal type messages in it that your spirit mm -hmm. could hear, but your you know consciousness couldn't. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I made the mistake of looking it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, no. it, it definitely does. 
Yeah, I just wonder if you're on a higher vibration and so it totally like ripped into you. Oh my gosh. I it was the weirdest I I don't know. I used to listen to lots of stupid music and especially in my high school years and stuff. I've never had something like that. And so like <laughs> like you said, you know, maybe I'm just like at a higher vibration now, you know, I've put a lot of that stuff behind and stuff, but holy cow, it was just so weird. You know like <laughs> sorry to distract I, I probably shouldn't go into all these stupid stories but like Lord of the Rings or you know very dramatic movies when it's the final battle and it's just like ugh, like the the deep soul penetrating music of like terror <laughs> that's what it felt like and like as soon as it came on and it's first like deep bass thud or whatever my mind instantly like went almost like forward in time to the the end battle and was like all of the fear and emotion of of millions of people experiencing that all at once in this one song that one note sent me there and it was just like traumatizing <laughs> i don't even know how to describe it <laughs> so weird my kids just... repeatedly apologized for their music <laughs> like sorry our generation's music it's like so bad (laughs) mom and dad you guys had much better music (laughs) yeah they like the earth wind and fire that dad likes (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) it's very interesting just the emotion that can (laughs) yeah yeah uh, I've been listening on Desert Bookshelf to a really fun um, series. They're novels. Um, they were written um, after 9-11, but not super recent, um, by Chris Stewart. Um, what's the series called? Anyway, it's like it follows this family from the pre-mortal world to the when then they come in the last days like the very last days and um he's portraying right now there's six books i'm in book four and he's portraying right now the collapse of america and emp has been set off and what's interesting about the series is how he portrays satan the master deceiver master of mayhem they have these and his followers, he hones in on a couple of, fall, of people in the pre-mortal world who decided to follow Satan and how they end up and how their whole goal, the only thing they have is to make people miserable because they have nothing else. And it's just really brought to my mind and awareness of how angry and the rage that Satan has and why he works so hard to bring us down and his followers do. And they use every tool they can. Um, and that you're talking about that your the music you heard brought that to mind that, you know, they will scream at us and they will be try to surround us and fill us with lies our minds with lies 
and the music is distracting so you can't hear the spirit you can't feel the spirit but you but they are surrounding you anyway it's it's been really um interesting to me the books are just novels and i kind of just needed something that i didn't have to concentrate to read yeah <laughs> you know you gotta listen to something that's not so yeah. it doesn't need so much brain power sometimes you know um because i'm just constantly studying stuff i feel like oh, i just need to like sit and veg but um anyway it just has really it's written it really well such a way that he portrays satan and his followers i feel like really really well like mm -hmm. probably how it really is they Anyway, it's been really interesting to listen to that. And you talking about the music just reminded me about the scenes in this book. Oh, it's called The Great and Terrible. That's the name Desert. of the series or that? The name of the series is The Great mm -hmm. and Terrible. It's on Deseret Bookshelf, a series of six books that you can just listen to for free. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah, Leslie. You're muted, sorry. Okay. She's over there laughing and smiling and I'm like, I wanna, I wanna <laughs> lean on it. <laughs> I, I listened to it too and I was so scarred. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you're gonna listen to it, it's, it's everything she says, yes. but it's, um, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's really intense. It's very gritty and I don't recommend it for everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it really got my oldest daughter um, to get EMP ready. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was a rough one. And I, I will say no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, he really gets into what it could really be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you type what it's called again? Yeah, I'll put it in the chat. Oh, I was talking to Rocky Mountain Power because they're one of the people that I talk to uh, in my job at UVU. And uh, so during one of our lunches a couple of weeks ago, I said, okay, I know what EMT is, but tell me exactly what's going to happen. And so he said, we can EMP our houses, but what we cannot do is EMP the transmission lines because they're just way too expensive. So what will happen is the transmission lines will actually completely melt and they will have to restring all of the grid again, which of course, hello, that'll take years and years, right? So, but, uh, so I finally get it. Um, we can EMP proof our car, our computers, our homes, but without electricity getting to your home, that's the issue. And that's why EMP is so bad. You know, when you do that high burst with a nuclear bomb. So, um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. So just real quick, at the very beginning of this talk, I just love where where he says, hey, you know what? You're just little children. You really don't understand yet all the great blessings Father has. Yeah. And then he says, look, I'm going to testify to you. I'm telling you. And it's kind of like he's already seen the world, right? He's already seen the future. It's kind of what I get out of that, right? And he says, and indeed, he has he is in leading us along. 
as we seek him, he wants us to grow. And look, maybe sometimes you have to go through adversity. So take a clue here. Adversity is a great teacher and learn something that you won't forget. But I thought, wow, isn't that great to be a prophet and to listen to that and to know that, that he's seen the future and he's just trying to somehow gently bring us along and say, you know, you really do need to listen to him <laughs> and be guided. And then he says, we're all going to get answers unique to us, which is why he said, look at this and do this on your own, right? Figure out what else you need to learn because we're all individual. We all have, you know, we're all at a different spot, right? As to our progression. And I thought, wow, isn't that awesome? And here he is in the middle of the pandemic. He's saying, ah, you guys don't need to worry. Everything's going to be okay. Just be faithful and listen to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> President Nelson has such a uh, a way to, to to present that, right? I mean, because we all know, like he's he's talking with deity and everything, and <laughs> just how he presents it to to the general world and and church. It's like I think it feels like so fatherly the way he yeah. says it. Like you guys could do this, like Stephen yeah. was saying. Like, don't worry, it's gonna be okay. Like it just feels like so. He makes you feel safe. At least he no. makes me feel safe. It, exactly. You feel like part of the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's exactly. So well, um, let's look at it. Uh, schedule for next week hopefully i won't change it again <laughs> um so uh next week we're going to do october 2021 this will be our last of the actual sessions that that we're studying um and then we'll go into the individual articles and some of the apostolic chalks as well but anyway so for group c uh we're going to be discussing the temple and your spiritual foundation which is uh, chapter 60. It's on page 159. And that one has some really good footnotes in that one too. I mean, look at page 162. <laughs> it's majority of its footnotes. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I, I mean, we might have to split it up into like two weeks. Uh, one we're studying the talk and then the other week we're studying the footnotes. <laughs> but um, anyway, that one will be a, a really fun one. Hey, I have one question for Stefan. When you were talking to that guy from the electric thing, did, did he feel like it was really probable, like it would happen? Or like, I wonder, like if guys like that think that it's a real fear. I, I mean, I, I do, but I was just wondering what he said. Yeah, I was in the military, and even in the military, we talked a lot about EMPs. It is a clear threat, without a question. If there's an EMP, then the power will go down. So with an EMP, though, it only affects the area where that blast um, and the radiation goes. So it could take out part of the grid in California, but the rest of the grid would be fine. So it only impacts a place where that high burst uh, you know, goes. But that's a pretty big white spot. Mm -hmm. They say um, that if, if you do a nuclear burst over the center of the country, 200 miles up, it'll reach 90% of the country. 
That's that's what they would do if they wanted to take a, you know cripple the U.S. It wouldn't be a local one. They'd burst one way high. It'd wipe out the grid pretty much everywhere, without hurting the people. Yeah, and then we're vulnerable. And and the transmission lines actually vaporize. That's what happens with an EMP. They're just they're gone, vaporized. That's that's interesting because I I'd not heard that the lines are antennas that accumulate it but they go down to the transfer stations and all those transformers just get fried. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but he, yeah, he, he explained it even more than that. I said, yeah, I get the transformers. We can replace that. He says, no, you don't get it. He said that the, our lines are not, are not really insulated against CMP, which means you have to have them coated uh, right with the, with the metal and that sort of stuff. He says, we don't do that. They'll vaporize. They'll just melt. They're gone. Huh. And transformers, even in good times, they're all custom. They're not like stock transformers. You custom order them. It takes 18 months to get one in when manufacturing is in operation. So, And that's a really good point. That's yeah, exactly right. Know. They're all customized. And unfortunately, for, for Rocky Mountain Power, at least, and I know some of the top engineers here that I speak to, and um, they're kind of dismayed with the fact that they've been forced to go to China to buy all this stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be a fun one. We'll, we'll be down and it probably won't come back. But, but good news. What is what versus we got this. <laughs> if we connect <laughs> to the proper power, then we'll get a better system that we don't need all that, right? Yep, just get one of those solar cookers. <laughs> but if that happens, Cameron, I cannot let you know what I'm doing. Just so you know. Where, where's your Yerman <laughs> I, I will not be able to. I'm not coming to Malta. Where's your ham radio and license so you can talk to us? <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. That's... I know I need, my husband's supposed, that's his job. He's supposed to be getting on that. Yeah. That's what's so great about ham radios is that's one of the first things they'll bring up is all those antennas because that's all line of sight to communicate around the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I'm just looking out for my year and thumbums and then we'll just have like little spiritual walkie talkies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't we'll be know. translated, right? We can just go, I just, just can zip over to you really quick. That's you what know? it is, stand in holy places. Oh yeah, no problem, I'll, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know when I lived in California, we had to ham radio um, exercises literally every month. Mm -hmm. I've been asking for two years, two and a half years now, my Springville Award. Neil, I don't know what you're doing up there in Highland, but um, they are just now starting to get on board with, oh, yeah, I guess we ought to do some ham radio stuff here. <laughs> It's, it seems like a, a very pressing need right now. <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. Yeah, our problem is our stake used to do that, but you can get on a bicycle and ride to any point in the stake in about 15 minutes. So they, they just broadened mm -hmm. it out to new runners. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Well, we will call it a night and we'll we'll see everyone for um what was it again? the temple and your spiritual foundation for for next week um but yeah
been a, a fun Thank discussion. You. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Have a yeah. great week, everyone. See you guys.